What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. with another episode of Sweep the League. I am your co-host, Rudy Compost Jr., joined, as always, by my co-host, my BFF on the podcast, Airwaves, Mr. The Rambaster himself, Mr. Coach Gio. Gio, how was oh. your weekend? Was it good? I know we had a podcast over the weekend with Austin, if they haven't listened to it. Yeah, I had a really good weekend, real productive, and uh, beginning the work week, halfway point, I took Monday off, and... Um, I'm ready for this weekend as well. So, hey. Yeah, my, you know what sucks is like this weekend my daughter has a a performance downtown. Uh, she just she just started to do the folklorico dance type thing. So wait, the what? You, the, it's called folklorico. It's the the ladies that have that big old skirt and they hold it up and they dance around and I don't know if you see. I mean, it's like everywhere in San Antonio, especially around the yeah. time and stuff. So, um, is it? Oh, okay. Is it like mariachi or no? Uh, I don't, I don't know if you would know. It's not mariachi. I mean, I, I, do, I don't think so. I don't think it's mariachi music, but I don't, you know, I'll be honest, man. I don't know what you would consider it, to be honest with you. It's, it's like, okay, flamenco, I guess flamenco dance. It, it might be close to that. If somebody is watching. Already, maybe we can have you one day. Show everyone what exactly your daughter does so we can get that visual presence. If not, (laughs) I'm kind of not understanding. But if you want to do that one day, it'll be epic. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's what we got going on this weekend. But I bring it up because it's supposed to be downtown San Antonio, Market Square. It's supposed to be hot. And I'm not looking forward to that. I'm a big guy, so I don't like the outdoors when it's hot. So I'll be... I'll be sweating in places that you normally don't sweat in. So. Well, Rudy, you can be one of those people that bring like a fan, like on a hat or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just know that that market square is going to smell like, you know, burnt bacon by the end of the night or actually yeah. by the end of the afternoon. So yeah. that's not a good thing. But yeah, you know, we uh, we come up on here and we all, we've been talking NBA, a lot of NBA lately. And I'm tired of the damn NBA. Just get yeah, rid of it. For good it's not hashtag not my NBA. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not looking forward to talking to NBA tonight. So we're kind of switching the gears here. We're going into football season. MLB had their uh, All Star game last night. Great All Star game. I enjoyed watching the MLB Futures game. We had stars like Mackenzie Gore, Joe Adele. I mean, even Wander Franco, who we talked about with Austin on one show. They were all playing. It was a great game. It was a, actually a great weekend for MLB overall as far as the All-Star games and everything was concerned. The home run derby was phenomenal. Uh, you have Vlad Jr. I, yeah, he would do that. Was, I think he hit 91 home runs. Is that what it was? 
Dude, it man, was some that, stupid number like that. Would, I mean, he had like what thirty? Oh no, twenty nine in one round. I had twenty nine the first round. He ended up with forty. Forty the the second round because he had two overtimes, and then sixty or twenty two. I think the last it was like ninety one. I think is what he ended up having. But yeah, the home run all home run derby was awesome. I I hate the fact that Vlad lost it. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know it is what it is. I mean, Peter Alonso came through at the end. It just sucks that you hit almost a hundred home runs in the derby and you're not even the winner. So, but yeah, we I mean, we talked to NBA free agency and we're we're kind of both tired about NBA. We're switching gears to NFL right now. Finally, um, yeah, we've got uh, training camps starting to open up here within about a week. I think a few of them will open up. Of course, they all open up in about two weeks. Me being a Rams fan, me being a dun dun dun, dun Falcon fan. Um, the outlook is bright. I think, you know, doing a little bit more research, the outlook is pretty bright for the Rams. Uh, I, I think the only concern is one that we're going to talk about here uh, coming up for the Rams. Uh, but before we get into that, the Falcons, I, I I believe you a little bit more and more each day when you said that they, they are. Bro, listen, man, I start to grow on you like fungus sometimes, Rudy. <laughs> and I feel like. The Falcons, what they did this offseason along with the offensive line in the draft. I feel like they're poised for a breakout season. I know last season was very up and down defensively, lost several guys to injuries. The offense was very inconsistent. Uh, but new offensive coordinator, he's been there before. I think Atlanta's going to have one of those seasons. The Saints may take a step down. Carolina, we don't know about Cam Newton. Uh, Tampa Bay, one of those sleepers in there. But uh, I think Atlanta has a great opportunity to really push things forward. Got to stay healthy on defense, of course. But uh, the sky's the limit, I think, this season for them. So, if speaking of the Falcons, what what win total do you think they have? I don't know if you looked at their their record or not their record, their schedule yet. But without really studying their record, what do you think their win total is going to be at? Just out of curiosity, I'm going to go with uh, 10, 11 wins this season. Does uh, that win the division with the Saints being in there? You know, the Saints, uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot of stuff on Twitter about their schedule and how early on, you know, they got to travel a bit. They got to go to L.A. and then Seattle. I think the Saints got to get off to a good start, in my opinion. Uh, But I think it's a great shot for Atlanta to really come off the gate swinging. I know the Falcons play the Rams as well, but overall, I think 11 wins. It could be enough, depending on what happens in the division because the Saints are always going to be a tough out, Drew Brees. But remember this, Rudy. Drew Brees, man, that dude fell off a cliff those last, what, seven, eight games of the season. He was never the same after that Dallas Cowboy game. So, you know, could Father Time be knocking on his door, Rudy? Could be so. We'll see that this season. Cam Newton with the Carolina Panthers, you know, he's been working on his throwing motion. He's been working on a lot of things this offseason. But you know how it is, already when you get into game time, Sometimes you forget about those mechanics and you start to revert back to the old ways. But I would love to see Cam Newton be a lot more consistent. Obviously, he's getting older, those injuries. That's a big concern. Tampa Bay, I mean, you got Bruce Arians there. The offense is going to sling it. That defense is atrocious. I mean, I think Rudy could have played a better defense last year than Tampa Bay. Um, So... I think it's, it's going to be the toughest division in football. For sure, though. I, you know, I think with Tampa Bay bringing in a much experienced coach coming in, I mean, Bruce Aarons, he turned around Arizona, Rudy. And 
He put them in a great position in the NFC Championship game. Unfortunately, they lose to the Carolina Panthers. But Bruce Arians, he knows his offense. He was in Pittsburgh for a few years. So uh, that's a one team that I'm really interested to see how they come together. But defensively, that's going to be their huge Achilles heel. Yeah. But going back to the Falcons, I feel like they have a great shot. So, you know, okay. I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I know probably within the next week or two here, uh, we're going to go division by division, look at their schedules and try to see what we feel is going to win the division. Uh, we'll probably end up starting in the NFC, then go to the AFC. Uh, one division I do want to start with uh, for sure is the NFC North. The Bears, the uh, Lions, you know, the Vikings, Packers. I want to start with that division because we have a member – of our our podcast community, Miss Carolina Teague, who's a massive Bears fan, so uh, we'll start with that. You know, maybe uh, what we'll do is we'll get her on the podcast as well, so she can talk about the Bears and also the NFC North. I think that one is a very intriguing division. I like the Vikings in that division. I don't count out the Bears. You can never count out Aaron Rodgers, and I even think Detroit has a decent shot to do something. So that's going to be another tough division. But being that you're a Rams fan. And you like to cover the Rams. This has both uh, this has both concerns for actual football and you know fantasy football. So, of course, it's you know the reports are out there about Todd Gurley and his knee injury. Basic question is because if you look at it at a reality standpoint, or you look at it for a fantasy football standpoint, it is a concern. Now, Todd Gurley is the type of player who, if he's one hundred percent healthy. He's probably going to go one, two in the draft, no matter where you drafted him in fantasy. But if you look at reality, a healthy Todd Gurley means the Rams are the best team in football. So let me give it to you and say, okay, take the reality side first. What is the concern on the reality side for the Rams? Is it too? Is it a huge concern for the Rams on the reality side? And then when you go into the fantasy world, is Todd Gurley actually one? to look at because I don't have him in my first round uh, for any drafts. And I'm even skeptical of drafting him anywhere round one, two, possibly three. So give me the reality side and give me the fantasy side as far as Todd Gurley goes for the concern. Well, reality, Rudy, of course, it's very concerning for the Rams. I mean, he missed, I mean, pretty much what towards the end of the season, the Rams went ahead and picked up, uh, what's his, uh, Man, what was his first name again? His last name is Anderson, but his first name was um CJ. Was it CJ? Yes, CJ Anderson. They picked that dude up. He basically was working at Subway, and he, and he definitely looked like he was eating at Subway. Yeah. And it's just it's very con- a grocery store like Kurt Warner. Yeah, <laughs> it's very concerning because you don't know what to expect from Todd. You know that load management will take effect this season. The Rams definitely want to limit his touches because you want him for the long haul, not just for the season, but also the playoffs as well. So the Rams go out and do what, Rudy? They got draft Daryl Henderson from University of Memphis, an all-purpose back, a guy you can go out in the backfield, take passes, take runs, sweeps, tosses, and really incorporate him in the offense. The Rams are expanding the playbook this season to really use as much personnel as possible, not just the 11th. So expect mm-hmm. the Rams to really push the scope with Jared Goff this season and really kind of testing what they can do to the limit offensively because you're not going to be able just to pound that rock 
every single game. You're going to have to come with creative ways to obviously use Todd Gurley, but also use Daryl Henderson because this guy is just a speedster. But not only that, very, very creative in the backfield as well. So, Well, yeah, with Daryl Henderson being drafted by the Rams, I, I really did like that draft when they did make that draft, uh, when they did make that pick. But yeah. if you go into if you go into the reality side for the Rams – if you get Gurley back, because I'm not too sure. I can't remember offhand. Is Gurley starting the season, or he's going to be out for the? I'm pretty sure he will. He's not going to play the preseason. Obviously, he'll sit down. Actually, I think the Rams are going to sit everybody down during preseason. So we're probably going to potentially see him week one for sure. Um, I, I haven't heard anything else about it, but Todd Gurley should be playing for week one. And for the fantasy side, Rudy, as you said, uh, I'm staying away from Todd Gurley in the first round. I think he's a little bit too rich for my blood. And where there's other like where would you draft him? See, that's the tough part. Because if you draft Todd Gurley, to you me, Rudy, Daryl Henderson. You have to get Daryl Henderson. You have to yeah. potentially get Henderson. You might have to get him early, depending on what type of people you have in your draft who, you know, like to hog people's players. So very strategic. Todd Gurley, Rudy a potentially a mid second third round because the unknown yeah you know the unknown is so certain that if you're in the third round Rudy and Todd Gurley is just right there in your face it's going to be hard just to not draft him I mean the guy was what a top five running back last season he was on pace potentially to break LaDainian Thomason's touchdown record so you know let's kind of pull the brakes off because this guy is very talented but very uncertain to me. If I'm in the third round, probably middle second, if he's sitting there, the problem is, Rudy, people are going to pull the plug probably in the beginning of the second. So Todd Gurley won't be around for very long. But to me, I really am considering not drafting him, him and also Melvin Gordon, who screwed me over last season. I don't want to talk about that guy, but really screwed me over in fantasy football. <laughs> but for Todd Gurley, Third round, but you got to get Daryl Henderson, though. What, f- f- fifth round? I mean, you're going to have to get him early. So, well, if uh, you take, if you see Gurley there at three, you know, I can potentially see you taking Gurley there. But the thought is this okay, if you take Gurley at three, then coming around four, you have to take Henderson there. You cannot wait around because if you're in a knowledgeable group of well, players, it's the thing is that Daryl Henderson, I mean, his ADP is probably further than that, but I think you're right, Rudy. I think, you know, tracking ADP is not always a smart decision just because someone goes in the fifth round doesn't mean you can't draft them in the fourth, or if they said eighth round doesn't mean you can't draft them in the fifth. Mm-hmm. I think his ADP is higher than that, but if I'm a Rams owner in fantasy, you know, get Daryl fifth, sixth round, you know, Depending on what type of people you have, if you got a bunch of dummies, you you probably can wait, Rudy. To be honest with you, well, yeah. uh, but if if you got a bunch of smart guys, uh, Daryl Henderson is going to be a sweet pickup. Especially if anything happens to Ty Gurley, Daryl Henderson fits in. Yep. So so he's good trade bait. So that yeah, that's what we were figuring both on the Todd Gurley front. Uh, this is and Rudy kind of he is good trade bait, Todd Gurley, because oh yeah, you know if he starts off the season well, you have those owners who are going to be like, man. First five weeks, he's he's slinging it. Maybe time to trade him and kind of buy high on him. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. And that's 
See, if you're looking at me now, before we move on, if you're looking at me about this and you're asking me about it, if I see Gurley at three or four, I'm obviously going to take Gurley, but I have to come back with Henderson. That's just my train of thought, because if I don't say Gurley gets hurt and the Rams are a prolific offense, which they really are a prolific offense in the league, you're going to want Henderson. So you're going to I think the only thing that that happens, Rudy, if you pick two of them, you, you kind of cancel each other out. Which it does make sense, obviously, with an offense that's high powered, you do cancel each other out because would you start both of them, Rudy? No. It's this is in hopes of you drafting a running back with the first two one of your first two picks. So I'm assuming here's the thing. If I get the first, second, third, or fourth pick, if I'm in the top four, I'm looking at okay, in a PPR type style, because most leagues are PPR right now. I'm either looking at a Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, or Ezekiel Elliott, and those one of those positions right there. So coming up in round three, if Gurley's there at the top, I can still take him at the top, knowing I have one of the top four running backs already in the back pocket. So then I'd have to come back with Henderson, and he still have the girl. Excuse you me, have an interesting strategy, Rudy. Very interesting. You know, my strategy changes from year to year. And once um, <laughs> once we get like uh, Nick from Lynn Sports and Read and React in here, he'll tell you because I'm in one of his leagues and he'll tell you my strategy is is weird. I will draft the absolute best player available and I'll trade him before the season even starts because I build my team. I build my team through trades. I really do. Ah, you're one of those people sending yes, uh, some bogus trades, right? Well, not bogus because uh, every trade I've ever offered has been a, has been pretty much accepted. So I'm not one to I, I build through the draft if I feel like it's a good team. But if I if I take Barkley at one, and I have a mediocre receiver and a mediocre running back, I can easily take Barkley and turn him into a really good receiver and a serviceable running back and get the same in return. So I'm the type of guy where if you give me maximum value for, for Saquon Barkley, I might take it because I'll be able to fill two positions rather than just that one. If that makes sense. I'm a huge G I'm a huge armchair GM when it comes to fantasy football. And well, Rudy, I mean, I, you know, I have been doing this for a long time, so I've won some chance and I won a lot of money recently the past several years. Um, and this, doing this, and that's why we're doing it for the <laughs> to get some so, extra cash. So, speaking of running backs, here we're going to get into some fantasy football talk because tonight we are talking football and fantasy football mainly. Uh, this is something we're going to do on Sunday mornings before the games. I know you have ESPN's fantasy football. We might even do it on a Saturday or something like that, just to kind of get ours in before theirs. So, what we're going to do today is give you our top five running backs, uh, fantasy running backs. I will let you go first on this side. Uh, again, this is all going to be based off of PPR. So who do you got as your top five running backs? If you want to give them in order, you can. If not, no big deal. I mean, I would say just, you know, five overall. Uh, yeah, you know, no particular order, Rudy. I don't want to you know hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, but <laughs> obviously, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, the opportunities are going to be there. Last season with a very bad offensive line, still did very, very well. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he's another workhorse. I mean, ever since he's been in the league, Rudy, the guy has basically been a walking 100-yard machine. 
Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he took a huge step last season. You talk about all-purpose back, Christian McCaffrey. And the next guy, you know, Ray, I'm kind of struggling with this because there's two guys right now that's kind of fighting for that fifth spot. Alvin Kamara, and I really, really love David Johnson from Arizona. You know, he had that injury last season that basically ended, you know, his entire year. Um, actually, no, that was two years ago. Last season, he just had a down season. I mean, that yeah. entire team was horrible. David Johnson, I expect for a bounce-back season. I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. Obviously, he's been doing it uh, a little bit more consistent lately. But Alvin Kamara, there's no Mark Ingram there. So it's basically just him. We're going to yeah. see what he's made of this season because the past three years, you know, Ingram has been kind of splitting time with him, giving him that rest this season. Basically, no one, you know, you know, they did sign, I believe, uh, Lactavius Murray um, So yeah. as the backup running back. But those are my five guys running out with Alvin Kamara with number five. Not bad. You know, I've what I've do is I, I'll go ahead and list mine as one through five in in an order because I don't really care whose feelings I hurt. <laughs> I I definitely you're looking at Saquon at number one. I think overall he's the the back that you do want. Uh, he's going to get you a lot of catches out of the backfield. Uh, very lightning lightning quick speed. I mean he can break tackles. Once he's gone, he's gone. I have him over Alvin Kamara slightly. I do like Kamara uh, second, only for the simple fact of what you did mention. Mark Ingram is not there. So it's Kamara's, it's Kamara's you know, show. It's Kamara's position to lose, really. So when you've got a quarterback like Drew Brees and you've got an offensive mind like uh, Sean Payton, I think Kamara's going to benefit just being the, the main back uh, down in New Orleans. After that, it gets kind of tricky for me because I do like Christian McCaffrey a lot. So I went ahead and put him at number three. A little part of me says McCaffrey is going to have a down year compared to what he had last year. Um, Cam Newton is the, is, you know, what's going to drive McCaffrey either to have a great year or a bad year or a mediocre year. McCaffrey is one that you kind of have to watch because last year he came out, he didn't really come out of nowhere, but he had the type of season you probably didn't expect from Christian McCaffrey after his rookie season. So here's what I'm thinking about McCaffrey. I think he has an okay year. He's going to put up some really good stats. I don't think he has the year that he did last year. So that's why I've got him at three. If not, if I felt any better, I would have had him ranked higher than Kamara. At number four, I am actually going to go with Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. All they're doing is feeding the ball to Zeke Elliott. And now that he's able to catch a few passes out of the backfield, I think they're going to go that route. Uh, the Cowboys also do have a better receiving core, so that will open up some more running lanes for Zeke. At five, I understand your David Johnson pick. I even thought about uh, Le'Veon Bell at this at this position. James Conner and Joe Mixon were tickling on my net sack. But at five, I went with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, again, Quarterback play, prolific offense. You know, Philip Rivers and him work well together. You have an outside receiver right there with Keenan Allen, so it does open up stuff. I like Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to have a terrific year this year. I I want to say I'm going to go on a limb and say he's going to probably finish in the top three in running backs. That's how, how much I love him this year, but I'm going to put him at five, so – those are my top five running backs. Uh, we pretty much had the same ones. I mean, we're I think we're going to be pretty similar along the way, so I'm not worried about that. So let's jump over to 
our top five fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, we do have a couple of questions at the end of the show that uh, some fans left, and also one of them was, actually was Carolina, so we'll get to her question here in a little bit. Top five fantasy quarterbacks. This is kind of a tough one for me because I'll start off with this one. I am not a huge – I'm not a really huge Patrick Mahomes fan, even though he did tear it up. Oh, my I'm God. Well, you're such I'm, a hater, Rudy. No, no, no. I'm not hating. I just I am a, I am a person that says, okay – you did it one year. This is for quarterbacks only. You had one good year. It's the Dak Prescott effect. You had a great year. What can you do for me that second year? So until I see what Patrick Mahomes does this season, my jury is still out on him. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not going to draft him. If good he's top, he's available, he's available. I'll take him. But he's not my top pick at quarterback. Surprisingly, my top pick is Andrew Luck. I really, really tremendously love uh, Andrew Luck this season. Austin Hartsfield is, you know, probably shitting the bed and wetting the bed right now. He's so excited that I've got Andrew Luck as my top quarterback. After that, I go with Patrick Mahomes just because of what he did last season. I I don't know if he's going to have the same type of season. I don't know if he's going to have a worse season than he had last year. Uh, obviously, with uh, Kareem Hunt moving on to Cleveland, that does hurt his stock a little bit. It depends on what happens, which I don't think anything's going to happen to Tyreek Hill. So he actually he may have a decent season still, but we will see. Out my the jury's still out with Patrick Mahomes on me. Number three, I have to go with Old Faithful. It's Aaron Rodgers at you know Green Bay. You can never count out Rodgers. He's got Devontae Adams still. I think as long as Rodgers can stand up, he's going to put up his numbers no matter what. Outside of that. I am surprisingly going to go with number four at Matt Ryan. My my good buddy, Matthew Matty Ice. Ryan. The guy you've been hating on basically the entire season is now in Rudy's top five of fantasy. Well, again, this is fantasy. I'm looking to win a league. I'm not stupid. So <laughs> I would. I definitely have number four. I definitely have Matt Ryan. You, you have Ridley. You have Julio Jones. You're getting Freeman back. Now, the biggest thing is, is that they pretty much shored up the offensive line. So Matt Ryan standing up straight and staying upright the entire time is a major benefit for the Atlanta Falcons. It'll actually give him more time to get the ball to Julio Jones. Where I see Matt Ryan's biggest struggle is that it's not his fault so much. It's the offensive line. Why? Because you didn't allow Julio Jones. You didn't allow Calvin Ridley. You didn't allow these guys to separate from their defenders. I mean, you have to chunk the ball up there because you have a defensive lineman just coming right at you. You're hoping that they make that play. So hopefully with the better offensive line, their routes are actually going to be able to be ran a lot better. They're more crisper. Gives them time to break away. At number five, I am. Ta- I had to do a toss-up before we did the show because I had Deshaun Watson and I had Baker Mayfield at number five. So when I tossed the coin, it actually came up on – Deshaun Watson, for some reason. I would have gone with Baker Mayfield, but because the coin said Deshaun Watson, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson at number five. You have arguably the best wide receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. I just feel like where Watson separates himself from Baker Mayfield is the legs. Watson can make plays for himself. He has, in my opinion, he's got a very, very... Well, you know, Baker's also... He can run. He he can run out. I mean, he's kind of really deceptive with his speed as well. So we'll say 5A and 5B, Watson and Mayfield, because those can be interchangeable. But 
those are my top quarterbacks. What do you got, man? Because obviously, if anybody's thinking out there, where the hell is Tom Brady? Where the hell is this Drew Brees? It, they're there. They're just not top five material. At least well, Rudy, I think I think you know what I'm going to show you right now. Probably, I think. I mean, we can't. Yeah, back it. We've seen that before. <laughs> Rudy, I I know there's some type of hate in your heart somewhere for Pat Mahomes, but historically, not, really. not, not just really. with Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid's offense, fantasy football, very friendly. Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, hey, even Foles, one season went on a crazy run. Listen, that offense, it just works. And even Alex Smith, very consistent in fantasy as well, once he obviously did leave. Pat Mahomes, there's no mistake there. He's obviously not going to throw for 50 touchdowns and do all those things. Obviously, Kareem Hunt is gone. He loses one of his best playmakers. I, I do like Damian Williams a bit, but Pat Mahomes, Miko Hardman's there. Tyree Kill, it looks like he's not going to get suspended, Rudy, so he's still there. Sammy Watkins, if he can just stay healthy, obviously, Tyrus Kelsey, there's a buttload of offense there. So Pat Mahomes is my number one QB. Number mm -hmm. two, Andrew Luck finally has an offensive line, a running game last season towards the end, really heated up for their playoff run. I think Andrew Luck's going to have another big season, uh, and it's just kind of Mr. Consistency. Uh, though I will say about that team, Rudy, you know, they lost what they're all in five and then went on some crazy run. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they're going to come down to earth a little bit. But for fantasy purposes, Andrew Lux, my number two quarterback. Number three quarterback, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, but the reports are from Green Bay Rudy, him and the coach, uh, you know, not, not going too well. And Matt LaFleur, didn't he like tore his ACL like, yeah. Yeah, like recently? Mm -hmm. So something's just just very strange about that situation. <laughs> and also Matt LaFleur, former Rams offensive coordinator, even though he didn't call the place, he goes to Tennessee and they shit the bed there. And now he's a head coach. Uh, mm -hmm. What? But anyway, Matt LaFleur is there. Aaron Rodgers, you know, do I expect them to run what some of the Rams do? M maybe, but. They really need Jermano Allison and uh, Vanley Scanley to also uh, really step up there. And also for next quarterback, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. You know, that offensive line was really bad last season. It's, it's just something about Watson, right? That I mean, Yeah, you know, he's, he's a guy. Obviously, playoff Watson, not so good. But during the regular season... I expect them to really improve and also with more weapons there, get a little bit more healthy. The offensive line, though, is a key for me and also his decision-making to improve. I'm going to go and watch that. I think he has a really good season. Mm -hmm. And that was number four, right? Yeah. yeah. You had number five, Rudy. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. I just think with the array of talent there, it's just, I mean, the tight end situation with Anjoku, you got Landry, you have Odell. You have Kareem Hunt coming back after week eight. You have, you know, you have Chubb there. Uh, and then the offensive line, it, it just makes to be an offense that really is for fantasy. Now, 
Are they going to make the playoffs? That's a different story for another day. But fantasy purposes, Baker Mayfield, I just kind of love his moxie. And I just feel like for fantasy, they're going to do very well. So that's my top five. Nice, nice. So, yeah, I mean, the quarterback position, you don't see a lot of the older guys there like Brady, Breeze, and stuff like that because you know, really, some of those guys are good for streaming purposes. You know, if Drew Brees is playing a a defense, and we're not trying to say Drew Brees is garbage and Tom Brady's garbage. No, 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 no. no. But by any means, there's no way I'm drafting Tom Brady with my, you know, in that top five there. So, yeah, no. I mean, Brady's going to put up his numbers, but. You're gonna. You're not well, gonna Rudy, get... his offense though. Ugh, I don't know, man. You know they lose a tight end there, mm-hmm. and the receiving core. You know Josh Gordon. I hope he comes back, but we don't know what the hell's up with this guy mentally. You did draft that rookie. Uh, I think I think last name Henry. I forgot his first name. Yeah. They did draft the rookie there, but Julian Edelman. You know, hopefully he's not doing PEDs again. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I don't know. So. And that's the thing is you don't know because with no Gronk, you don't know anything about Edelman right now. I mean, we still don't. We don't know where you're going to get when you got the Patriots. You know, you know the Patriots are still going to be there. They're still going to probably, you know, make it to the Super Bowl again. So I mean, you're still getting the Patriots team you always are seeing, but that's almost like the Spurs system. You just plug and play. I mean. You plug guys in, and the the offense just runs itself. As long as you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, I mean, you always have a chance. So moving on, man, we've got top five fantasy wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to let you go on this one first. Surprisingly, I said DeAndre Hopkins is the best fantasy receiver, but I don't have him number one. So you go first. Well, Rudy, you've, you know, you're probably, you know, some of your mind must still be in Vegas. No, 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 no. I just, I don't know why I don't have him number one. Well, I know why I don't have him number one, but it's surprising who I have number one, I think. But I'll let you start off this list. So, Well, number ahead. one this is the man we just talked about, DeAndre Hopkins. I just yeah. think he's the best receiver in the NFL. Just Mr. Consistency with any type of quarterback is going to have the same season, if not even better, with – the Texans offensive line also improving with a few other things. Number two, though, you know, re- the receiving list is kind of interesting just because oh, there's so many guys that are very, very good. Mm. And it's kind of tough to kind of rank these guys. But with number two, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Had a big season last year. He can even have a bigger season if the other receivers there in Green Bay really kind of pick up the pace and really help him out because – He's normally double team. I had him in fantasy last year, Rudy. Just Mr. Reliable is going to continue to do that. Number three for me, Julio Jones. Rudy, I'm not sure what the hell Steve Corsigian did with, with him last season. I mean, the guy's touchdown ratio in the in the red zone was probably like extremely bad. I expect them to really just get him the ball some way, somehow. You know, whether it's a sweep, whether it's a, just anything, get him the ball. Julio Jones. Like I've been telling you, Rad, I just really like the Falcons' offense. So Julio Jones, to me, I think he comes back and has a kind of big out year because last year was a little bit down. Number four, I'm going with Michael Thomas from the Saints. Uh, you know, the Saints receiving core, it's okay. Uh, but Thomas is very, very good. They feature him. I mean, Sean Payton's just a mastermind on offense. He just finds ways to just give people the ball. Michael Thomas is going to continue that. Although I do think they need to kind of – 
spread the ball a little bit more because there were games really where Thomas, he was just catching everything. I mean, they, they were just throwing darts as this guy, boom, boom, boom. Some of the other receivers definitely could step up um, mm-hmm. f- for him to be a little bit more balanced. And up next, I'm a little torn with his Rudy. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Odell Beckham, but Juju Smith Schuster, he's 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 close. Yeah. Though I want to see Juju kind of be the guy because obviously last year he was in the shadows of Antonio Brown, but I'm gonna go with Odell Beckham. Mike Evans is there as well. Antonio Brown, but I, I'm going to go with Odell. I just think, just to prove talent wise, he's, you know, probably what he's one of the best receivers in the league. He needs to stay healthy and he needs his mind to stay healthy too, Rudy. So many times you saw him with the Giants and he was just do dumb things and he's very emotional. I get it. But just play within yeah. the offense. Do you and just be the best damn receiver he can be because, Rudy, that guy's talent is just tremendous. But I feel like, and obviously he was playing in New York. So, you know, the Giants offensive line and Eli Manning, which, by the way, Rudy is still the quarterback of the New York Giants. Go figure. Oh, you know, we'll get into that NFL news and tidbit type thing later on because that's something I do want to ask but you about. My last guy is with uh, Odell Beckham just because it's just a pure talent. And I think yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on in Cleveland. Well, I mean, we, our list is pretty much pretty much identical. At one, my surprise is actually Devontae Adams. I I like the season he had last year. And don't get me wrong, Dodger Hopkins is the best receiver in the league. He is, hands down, the best receiver in the league. But I like Devontae Adams so much this coming season. Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to get him the ball. He's going to be the man in Green Bay. If you look at quarterback ratio, like quarterbacks, it's going to be Rodgers against Watson. I'll take Rodgers all day. Again, I don't know how much Deshaun Watson can or how long Deshaun Watson can stay in the pocket. So until I can see that, I'm going to take Devontae Adams with his quarterback in Rodgers uh, before I take Hopkins, which Hopkins is my number two wide receiver for all the same reasons. The guy just catches everything. He's a catch magnet. Yeah, he's just a catch magnet. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in a PPR type sense, it probably makes more sense to take DeAndre Hopkins over Adams, but I think you get more touchdowns, which are going to actually balance everything out with Adams. At number three, it is Julio Jones for me. Again, I had Matt Ryan at five on my quarterback list. So I, I'm i expecting Julio Jones to have a really good year. What's really pissing me off over the past few seasons was, you're right, his touchdown you know ratio was horrible, horrible. I mean, he even had a 300-yard game, I think, in there, what, a year ago, and it was – I think he only had, like, one score in that whole time. So I think they're going to find a way to get Julio the ball into the end zone. What I don't what I don't like is when they get down into the goal line, they don't ever try to do just a go up and get it for Julio. The guy can jump out of the damn gym. So why they have never done that, I don't know. It's always a fade route. It's always a cross pattern. Just throw it up there let him get it. So – I don't understand. But Rudy, you know, with with the offense going back to Dirk Cutter, I feel like you're going to see the old Julio there. I hope so. I hope so because if I feel like uh, I don't see it in the preseason, which I expect him to play a little bit in the preseason, I'm going to go with this next guy, and that is Juju Smith-Schuster at four. I I like that because Antonio Brown is gone. 
and Big Ben still has enough in the tank. Big Ben has those games every season, and they happen more often than not, where he's throwing for, you know, four or 500 and multiple touchdowns. And when he does that, he always seems to key in on one receiver. Used to be Brown, uh, Schuster's going to be that guy. What I do like about him is that he's going to have help on the other side of the field and James Washington. I think those two guys are, you know, they're going to make a, they're going to make Ben feel young again just for a little while. So I like Schuster at four. Number five, I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen a lot. And I, I understand the hype between Odell Beckham. You know, he's got Baker Mayfield. I just think on Odell's side, there's too many weapons in Cleveland. And it's funny because you say that, oh, that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But in the reality world, it's not. In fantasy world, having too many weapons can be a bad thing because, you know, is Chubb going to get the ball? Is Kareem Hunt going to get the ball? Is Baker going to run it in for the end zone? He also has Jarvis Landry to the side. You have Njoku. You have too many weapons in Cleveland. So on the fantasy perspective, Odell, I think, is probably six or seven for me. Uh, I went with Keenan Allen because, again, Philip Rivers, you know, he's he never sees this too amazing, man. He's always putting up numbers. Keenan Allen is the guy that he always goes to. So I'm hoping Keenan stays healthy. He's been having some health issues the past few years. If he stays healthy, I think he has a really, really good season. What I feel about Michael Thomas is the fact that he's he's the Saints' best receiver, but I think we're going to see a lot more of Kamara this year because of no Mark Ingram. And I think Kamara gobbles up a lot of that's a lot of the offensive side to where Michael Thomas is still going to have a fantastic season. I just don't think it's going to be the type of season that we're expecting him to have. Uh, so that's why I took Keenan Allen at that position. So we, those are our top five uh, running backs, quarterbacks, and wide receivers. Real quick, uh, we've got the biggest sleeper, the biggest bust. Uh, I I'll take uh, the. I can give you my first one on the sleeper first. Do you want to go position or you just want to go overall? Because I can give you one for each position. So, just overall, overall, okay. yeah. Uh, my my biggest sleeper is I have I have a few written down, so I'm trying to see which one I actually want to go with. But get I'm I'm gonna say Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay. He's going to be my biggest sleeper. A lot of people are not going to draft him very early, and that's fine. Well, Rudy, he he could go undrafted. He possibly could go undrafted. You're right. On some mock drafts, he has gone undrafted, but I feel that he's going to be a sleeper this season. He's going to be a guy that you are going to get pretty much in the late rounds, and you are going to benefit from getting him. You know, you are talking about Jameis Winston, who can still chunk the ball down the field. I just have this thing where I've been looking at, you know, he still has he still has some offensive weapons. He can still stand upright. He can still move. Jameis Winston is my sleeper for 2019. What do you have as a sleeper? You know, the sleeper is so hard to predict, Rudy, because there's so much that has to go into a quote-unquote sleeper. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Jameis has been in the league for a while. So if, if he surprises you, but definitely I think he's – a top sleever, but I'm gonna go with David Montgomery from the Bears um, yes. as uh, a guy that's going to fit in a perfect opportunity with a very good offensive line mm-hmm. and opportunity. Remember, Howard's gone; he's with the Eagles. I mean, they had over what 400 touches between those two backs last season. David Montgomery, I think Rudy is poised for a huge season. A lot of people are 
on Twitter have been saying, no, you're crazy. He's a rookie. I'm telling you right now, Taven Montgomery, if you have an opportunity, if he's sitting there, you know, fourth round, third round, hey. Taking that high, though. Hey, Team Huevos, don't be afraid. <laughs> if he's sitting right there, I'm telling you right now, pull the plug. The Bears offense, Matt Nagy has been praising him during mini camps. Mm. Remember, this offense is very creative, Rudy. They do a lot of different things. And Howard last season wasn't terrible. So you put David Montgomery there, who has a better skill set, can also catch out of the backfield very, very well. Montgomery, pick him up. Okay. Okay. And I've, uh, I can't just, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. David Montgomery, we'll actually get into that here in a little while because it was a question that was asked about Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. But, yeah, Montgomery, I think, is probably – I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's the offensive rookie of the year. Is That's the kind of hopes. That's the kind of things that I've, I've seen from him. That's what I've seen. You know, That's the way I feel about David Montgomery. So I feel the offensive Wait, rookie of the year is actually going to be – You don't think it's going to be Daniel Jones? Mm. <laughs> That's, no, I'm just <laughs> you know, and that's like I said that when we talk about some news and stuff in a little while, <laughs> I'm gonna bring up Jones. But as far as a bust goes, it was easy for me. Leonard Fournette is such a huge name, but this season I am staying completely away from Leonard Fournette. By all means, the only way I am drafting him is if I'm in rounds 10, 11, 12, and he's still there. What? Are you crazy? You think? I mean, he's gonna go. He's he's, he's gonna, gonna go, go way. He's gonna no, way no. earlier than that. He's gonna go high because of his name. But you cannot expect anything out of Leonard Fournette this season. I am, I am expecting nothing out of Fournette. I'm expecting a mediocre year, and that is it. It's not worth to me. He's not worth top five, top five, first five rounds. At least for me, he's not worth first five. Well, Rudy, he he did have somewhat of a bad season last year so he is i think poised and remember Foles is there i'm not saying Foles is the next coming of jesus christ but damn it uh he's better than blake Bortles. yeah i think the fortnite i think you're reaching there rudy but i can respect that decision another guy that i'm gonna go with here uh, <laughs> this is tough man because there's so many guys that you could potentially quote unquote see Rudy. I'm gonna shock the world here. I'm gonna go with Drew Brees. I respect that. I think towards the end of last season, what well, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he just fell off a cliff. He just fell off. It's like a man that you saw that you just didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna affect Michael Thomas. I think he'll have a good fantasy season. But I just think overall, Drew Brees, he's not going to have the season as everyone think he is. I think Father Time has kind of knocked on his door a little bit, and maybe there's going to be a louder knock of Father Time. I think he takes several steps back in a Saints team that uh, I don't want to give any future predictions, but <laughs> let's just say Drew Brees is not going to have the season everyone else is thinking. <laughs> you got to watch it on those Saints picks and the Saints Chris. Bro, those Saints yeah. fans, man, they will come after you on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm glad you said Breeze because number two on my list of busts for 2019 was one Tom Brady. I mean, there's nothing. But you know what, though, Tom? It, it sucks to say it. 
and I will get flack for it, but I will also stand up for it. His main his main weapon is gone. His main weapon is gone. Edelman is his next key weapon. But if defenses if defenses can corner in on Edelman, then what does Brady have? Yes, Brady's won Super Bowls with no name receivers. Yes, I get that. But that was when Brady was a lot younger. Father time is really hanging on to Tom's back right now. So I will say, obviously, Father Time. I just don't think the talent offensively. He does have Julian Edelman, you know, but it's just I don't see enough talent. Yeah, I just don't see enough talent on that offense. I think they'll be a good football team. I will say the running back situation is kind of balanced, uh, uh, though. You just never know what you're going to get from those running backs from week to week. So the Patriots offense might be one that I stay away from last year. That kind of burned me in the ass. But uh, yeah, yeah, Tom. He's my second bus. He's the second one that I had on my list on bus wise, Tom Brady. And for those reasons, it's the offense. I, I can't trust that offense this year. I really can't. So that was our sleepers and bus. We gave away our fantasy reading backs. But again, we are going to do this on weekends. Uh, we're going to get a date to actually do the football show where we'll talk football, we'll talk fantasy football, give you our picks, and have a lot of fun with it. We hope you uh, do join us. We're going to get into a little bit of NFL news and tidbits. I, I'm going to bring this up, and this actually may take the time that we have allotted for it, but uh, we've got a few minutes. And you brought up Eli Manning earlier. Eli is still starting in New York. If you were a betting man, what week would Daniel Jones take over for Eli Manning? I think he does this season. I really do because the coaching staff has already come out and said Daniel has been looking phenomenal. Pretty, everyone looks good in practice. Yes, in practice, but as much pressure is on the Giants to actually win because they're thinking, okay, if we're not going to win, you may as well put Daniel Jones in there. Oh, we have Eli Manning. Well, let's see what we're going to do. We have to expect to do something. I think Daniel Jones is going to play at some point this season. What week, if you had to pick a week, what week would you see Daniel Jones come in for Eli? Do you know when the Giants bye week is? I will get that for you right now. Their bias is... I get the feeling. Because, you know, I've noticed trend really where they'll start a quarterback after a bye week to kind of get full things going. If they have a... 11. Well, uh, I'm going to go with (laughs) week... I'm going to go with week nine. I won't be surprised if they wait for the bye week, bring him in. It's all going to depend on how this team looks. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. The offensive line, they've tried to improve, just hasn't worked out. And so we got their schedule. We can take a look at their schedule here. <sighs> I mean, they their schedule, okay, if you were to see Eli struggle against Dallas in week one at Dallas, which is very possible. Dallas has much improved this season. If you see Eli struggle to to move the ball around to get the ball to his receivers and just they struggle completely on the offensive side. Could you see Daniel Jones week two against the Bills, who are not no. a a huge team? They're not no. going to be a I think they're going to ride the course, Rudy, with him, and they're going to wait and see. I, so, I think it's going to be somewhere between maybe after the you know maybe the week of the Jets. That could be possible. So you're saying about week nine, week ten. Yeah. 
I, I looked at their schedule a little bit earlier. I say week seven, he starts against the Cardinals. So I'm giving Eli the first six weeks. And now, obviously, if he gets injured, you know, that's a different story. But Eli, I think, gets benched for good after week six because you've got Dallas, you've got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Washington, Minnesota, New England. Ideally, you should be three and three. Ideally. I don't see them beating Dallas, Minnesota, or New England. Uh, if they lose if they lose two out of the three to either Buffalo, Tampa Bay, or Washington, I think that's enough that's enough right there to say, okay, week seven, we're starting you against the Cardinals. Because ideally the Giants should be three and three right there. Do you think the head coach is on the hot seat? Because uh, I think he is because first of all, it was a questionable hire to begin with. Yeah, but why bring him back after another losing season? Because really, they're going to have a losing season again. I mean, unless they shock the world and make a playoff run, but I just don't think Eli has it left in the tank. You know, really, there was that one picture. I don't know if you remember where he was, like he was like the like the look in his face. He was like scared to, to yeah. shit because he got sacked. Yeah. I forgot what game that was. That was against Dallas. That yeah, where he, like he just looked like he was just scared of his mind and. I think the Giants really, at this point, I don't know if they even know what they're doing. You trade Odell Beckham when you said he wasn't going to trade him. Defensively, they trade a bunch of their guys. that They didn't bring Landon Collins back. They traded uh, one of their defensive linemen to the Lions. So they're all over the place. So, But the problem is, Rudy, you throw Daniel Jones into that. <laughs> it's not I don't know. I mean, to me... To me, I've always been just throw him into the fire and see how he does. I mean, you're if you start off two and four, one and five, you've got to make that change at week seven. You have to. Because you're then you've got a little bit of a little bit of reprieve there because you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Lions, you're I mean, really their schedule Dallas isn't uh extremely difficult. I mean, they got no, no, it's not. It, it really isn't. You can actually close the season out two and three. I mean, if I counted wins, I would say they were supposed to be as one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to give them the six, seven, eight. Rudy, I'm probably going to win. No. Bro, they're going to win like five games, Rudy. No, no, no. no. I'm win. saying what they should win. Oh, okay. Well, based <laughs> off of what they No. Yeah, they're not going to win every all those games. I'm just saying what they should win. So, I mean, I, I say eight games is the most, but. If like I said, if you start one and five, if you start two and four, that should be enough to say, okay, let's let's start this Daniel Jones era. But it, you know, this is something that we're gonna get into once we start going division division. We'll bring up the schedules. We'll start looking at everything. That'll hopefully be starting up here pretty soon. I I want to say maybe even next week. So we did have Carolina Teague actually ask us a question before we go. She on the fantasy side says she's torn between David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen. I'm gonna let you handle this, but I will throw two cents in there. David Montgomery all day for me. Tariq Cohen for me is like Darren Sproles. I mean, you're gonna get you know flashes of him from time to time, but David Montgomery is gonna be the workhorse in Chicago. I think with uh, with Howard being gone to you Philadelphia, he takes over that role. But if you ask me, is he going to be better than Howard? I say hands down, yes. I love David Montgomery. I said earlier, 
He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. That's how much I love this guy. So what do you've got as far as Montgomery or Tyreek Cohen? It's it, it's Montgomery, Rudy. And to be honest, I don't think it's close. Though I, I will say Tyreek, very impressive. He's a speedster. I mean, they get him out in space. He could do a lot of different things. But in reality, I just don't really really compare the two because one's more of a workhorse. The other one's more of kind of a, a speeder. It's David Montgomery. Really, I expect 250, 275 touches, mm-hmm. maybe seven touchdowns, 1,100 yards. I just really – and I know I'm going out on a limb. He's a rookie. But just the situation is just there, Rudy. The offensive line, the mm-hmm. defense is going to have a positive game script. Just everything just flows for a success. And I get people saying he's a rookie – but listen, Ezekiel Elliott, what did he do as a rookie, Rudy, when the perfect situation? He, he flourished. Ivan Kamara, just yeah. it's the perfect situation. And I think running back is one of the easiest transitions in the NFL. So it's a no-brainer to me, David Montgomery. And for that fool on that Twitter post who said Ty- Tyree Cohen, <laughs> because what you call it, it's a rookie. Well, crap, David Montgomery. If you're sitting there third, fourth, fifth round, whatever, I'm telling you, he's worth the I mean, risk. Look at the latest rookie running backs to make a name for themselves their first year. Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Bro, you want to go recently? Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Uh, you can even go um, – God, this kid's name was just on my head. But, Bro, I mean, these guys – Chubb oh, didn't man. do bad. Who's that? N- Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb. That's what I was thinking of, Nick Chubb. Tony Michelle, I know he was hurt, but he yeah. did very well. I mean – I mean, being a rookie doesn't matter anymore in the league. It's it's the <laughs> opportunity given, and yeah. Montgomery has it right there for him. I mean, he's. I think you said. I think we said what well, earlier. They had four hundred and twenty-two touches total last year. Yeah, I think actually, I think it's around four seventy. I believe. Yeah. So I mean, Rudy, with Howard gone, the rest of the touches, Tyree Cohen's on every down back. So you have to give the majority to the other guy, and it just make like it's just right there in your face. Yeah. Hey. You never know. He could struggle, Rudy, but just everything just looks like a perfect situation for him to thrive. I'm not saying you don't draft Tyreek Cohen because obviously you need to, and he's more of a flex guy. Potentially, if you have certain bye weeks, you want to plug him in there. Certain matchups, for sure, you want to really study fantasy, but it's Montgomery. Yeah, I hear you. And, that's, and you, I agree the same thing. Rudy. I mean, listen, I could be Ian Crow at the end of the season. I could be comp- we could be completely wrong, Rudy. And that's just the beauty of fantasy football. Yeah, that it is. And I am I'm pretty excited to get started on the fantasy football talk. Uh I you know, we we wanted to talk fantasy football and regular and you know, just football in general today because of all the NBA talk, but uh, we'll we'll get back into some NBA talk on the next show just I needed a break from it. I know you needed a break from it. Yeah. I would have I would have loved to have been in Vegas as a fan watching all the summer league games and you know I would have been I would have loved to have it paid for. But I'm not as lucky as that. So uh we'll but get Rudy, into more NBA. Could, I mean you could have gone, Rudy, you just have to ask for some donations. <laughs> I uh I I, I, <laughs> I might ask to go so I can go to the uh maybe a couple of Falcon games or something, but <laughs> No, I mean we'll talk more NBA on the next uh, the next podcast because 
it's summer league right now. I'm waiting for the summer league in Vegas to finish up to give my assessment on all of the teams out there that had team. Obviously, I have all the players out there. Spurs are having a fantastic summer league. I love what they're doing. I love the youth that the Spurs have in Las Vegas. I'm I don't know for sure if I heard late, but I don't know if they shut Lonnie Walker down for the rest of the summer league. If they did, kudos to them. If they didn't, what the hell are you thinking? Shut him down. He doesn't need to be playing any more summer ball. Luca's been, you know, Luca's been right where I was hoping he would be. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, he makes a few passes that are just mind-boggling. But the other person is Kendall Johnson. That I, you know, I was scratching my head when they drafted him because I'm thinking you've got another guard, another you know, small, small forward. But it actually makes a lot more sense. He he was a three and D player. He he loves to play defense. I just think his his offensive performance and his offensive output is more than I expected for him. I thought he would be more of a Bruce Bowen type player where the Spurs would have him on the corner, you know, knock down the corner three, D up on so-and-so, stuff like that. He's actually a lot more explosive than I expected him to be. I saw him that way when he was in high school at Kentucky. He kind of came down a little bit, but now he's showing his offensive repertoire, and I'm actually more impressed. So, yeah, yeah the Spurs are doing really, really good this season. They've been playing uh, very well. Uh yeah, Rudy. I, I did want to answer one question. Um, okay. It was actually one of my friends from one of my fantasy football leagues. It's not really football related, mm-hmm. but uh, it's regarding actually a, a guest that we're going to actually have on the show in a few weeks. Okay. So the guy said, uh, "I have a question. After ten plus years of fantasy football, why does Kalen can't ever send a good trade? Why does he think sending best player for three sorry bums?" acceptable and steve i'm here to respond i don't know bro kalen think he can do a fast one on us trade you a bunch of guys for your star wow what kalen forgets is you can't start everyone kalen so setting me four players for my best player is not always going to work man so and see i respect your your boy kalen because no 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 listen no, no, no. he sends I, he sends bad trades man i'm telling you right now he says, okay, bad <laughs> trades are different, but I send the exact same trade a lot of times. But it, but my thing is different. And when we go through fantasy football this season, I'm going to share the trades that I do. I'm going to share every transaction I do. I'm going to do everything because you I know, want you to see a different aspect of the fantasy. Normally, I, I stay pretty put with my team. I think I'm more of a free agent type of guy. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough. The waiver wire. The waiver but wire. I never it, get priority. It's tough, Rudy, but sometimes things happen at the end of the week. And, and guess who's your best friend? No, but for whatever reason, in and it always pisses me off, in Nick's league, I never, ever, and I could be the worst team in the entire league at one and four, one and five, and I never get top priority <laughs> on the waiver wire, ever. I'm always at the bottom, and well, I found out why. I want to research. Well, no, I found out why at the end of the season is because if you make a transaction before the waiver wire is set, then it's technically well, it, saying you go back down. It does. I mean, that's a little bit that's, of a weird situation. That is. Pretty, that's, in the league that I'm a two-time champion in, 
I'm I'm going for a three peat this year. I'm probably gonna get it. Rudy, I was always beating these guys to the punch. Always because you know why? No one's looking at their damn phone. They guess is there that. any uh, is there any room in this league? You know, there might be because they, they kicked out somebody. Um, but the past few years I've won a ton of money and what's crazy, Rudy, I won like nine straight games. It was like a ridiculous run I was on. It was just I was just hot. I was just hot as hell. Yeah. Is it online? The draft online? Yeah, I think it's a snake. A but snake it's draft. online, so it's not like a live live draft or anything. If, what do you mean? Like, okay, you do it on Yahoo or you do it on ESPN. You don't. Yeah, you're not actually at a bar drafting. No, like I mean, what is that anymore? No. Well, no. it's big here. I'm in a league that we're actually going to meet up at Twin Peaks, which Joe Garcia's <laughs> favorite restaurant. We're going to meet at Twin Peaks. Joe, and man, I think Joe loves Twin Peaks. You know what? I think it's the one on 151 down here, which is the one that Joe okay. goes to. So. Well, you know, I've done like that. one like at someone's house, but I've never gone to like a bar or anything to do a draft. Because to be honest with you, first... I want to be super focused. And really in tune. I, I don't want to have so much loud noise and people talking and doing all this stuff. No. I get it. I get it. Well, one of the drafts we have this year is going to be there. Obviously, another one is online. I think we're going to have a sweep the league draft for the podcast people that we are uh, in cahoots with. So we'll have that league. And if you have an opening in your league, let me know. I'd love to kick your ass in fantasy football. So definitely let me know. Um, I see that look on your face. I know. I see. Rudy, you know, they don't call me Coach Jill for nothing. Well, it could I've been be doing fantasy for a long time, and I've had <laughs> a lot of wins. in the fantasy world then, huh? Is that what it is? You know, Rudy, I could be an arm like a real GM in the NFL. The NBA, not so much, but in the NFL. I prefer the NFL over the NBA when it comes to being a GM. I would really prefer that. MLB GM would drive me effing crazy. There's so nah, bro. Many. Nah, that's Austin, yeah. bro. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely Austin. But anyway, man, you know this has been uh, the NFL slash fantasy football show. This is kind of what we're gonna do on the weekends. Uh, hopefully, do it on Sunday mornings, like I said. But I think because ESPN takes the the whole attention of everybody. Well, not only that, Rudy, there's so much, there's so many shows, man, on yeah. Sunday. Everyone's, so maybe Saturday might be a nice little, because there's not too many shows, at least that I've seen. So um, we can probably do like a mid-afternoon Saturday show, but then you got college football. So it's like, what do we do here? So we will figure something out on the schedule. You're right about that, bro. College football. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be tough unless we do an early morning saturday morning football show so we'll let everybody know we'll keep you on contact but as always you know share the video like the video uh join us on twitter you can catch me at sweep the league uh for geo you can catch him at coach geo 56 mm-hmm. yeah 56 so those are our twitter handles but yeah keep on the lookout if you've got fantasy football questions just ask us i'm no matthew barry he's no field yates but we are we are people that do a lot of fantasy football. I do a lot of fan duel stuff like that. So uh, I'm all over the place when it comes to fantasy football. So this will kind of be the way it works. We're going to have a few people joining us. Austin will probably join us from time to time. Nick uh, Lindsay is going to be joining us from Lynn Sports. Well, I think it's really React now, not Lynn Sports. Plus, we have some other guys that will join us for the football talk and the fantasy part as well. You'll have a lot of information. You'll have a lot of you know, notes and everything being given to you. So 
we will try to make uh, your fantasy experience all that much more. And listen, if I give better. you bad advice, oh well, okay, oh <laughs> fucking well. I don't guarantee my advice. I just guarantee that. I just know, throw it out there. And guess yeah, what? If you're in any of my leagues, you're asking for my advice. I may give you the wrong information. <laughs> I need to be in your league. So you need to let me know what's going on. And if I have an opening down here, I will let you know because I think we might have an opening. So yeah, sure. Until next, yeah, until next time, we will talk NBA on the next show just because the summer league is going to be ending here pretty soon. And that's where I want to give a lot of my assessment as far as NBA players go, as far as the rookies and all that. So until next time, I am Rudy Campos Jr. And I think the entire time my face has been covered by my nameplate at the bottom. But if it has, oh, well, at least you got the uh, you got the Mr. Wilson version of me from, you know, Home Improvement. So until next time, I'm Rudy Campos Jr. For oh, Coach wait, wait, wait. Oh, we got something. Rest in peace, Rip Thorne, man. Yeah. Oh, the actor. You did, from, uh, you did mention that from uh, Men in Black. Dude, I was watching some of his stuff from because you know I haven't really watched some of his stuff, bro. Some of his shit's hilarious, especially Freddy Got Finger. If you watch that movie, <laughs> he's hilarious in it, uh, and some other stuff as well. Some of his shows as well. He was on hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some piece Rip Torn. I, I actually was introduced to Rip Torn. Uh, and Beastmaster. So okay, yeah, yeah, that's an old school movie. So if you haven't seen Beastmaster, definitely go check it out. But also, one other thing before I go, uh, prayers. Teddy Bruski had that heart attack recently. I thought it was so, a stroke. Was it a stroke? So I think it was a stroke, but it could have been a heart attack. I just know that uh, he said that his whole left side went numb. His his speech was slurred and vision. So you think it has anything to do with football? It, no, I don't think so. I think it was just something that um, Mother Nature may be telling him to slow down because, you know, he does a lot of football coverage and stuff. But he's a good man. I've always yeah, loved Teddy Bruschi. a really big Teddy Bruschi fan. So uh, he's a really, really good man. So prayers out to Teddy. You're on a full recovery. Hope to see you back on NFL coverage. So, yeah, for Gio and everybody else that's joined us tonight, this is the NFL show. We will see on next, probably next Wednesday, we'll cover the NBA Summer League as well as any NFL doings. And I'm trying to get Austin back on the show for some MLB talk so we can kind of cover all three sports. The website is www.sweeptheleague.com. We made some updates last night, so it's coming. It's coming here pretty soon. So hopefully it'll be done pretty quick here. But again, for Rudy Campos Jr. and for Coach Gio, this was Sweep the League. I'll see y'all next week.